Okay, we're live. This is Robert Frank, 615. You're listening to the Glorious House of Gains podcast. Episode, I believe we're up to 45. This is a solo podcast. I am all by myself, and I have no idea if I'm doing this right. But I wanted to make this video, uh, and I wanted to do it solo because... This is today, February 1st, 2019, and now, is the two-year anniversary since I've been Robert Frank 615 full-time, um, and I wanted to share that story. This is, this is a big day for me. I don't know why it hit me in the feels, but I wanted to make this video, and I wanted to share my story a little bit with those of you who uh, happen to give a fuck, if you... Know, if, if you are one of the people that listen to the podcast because you like to hear the banter between the bros and the baddie with the fatty of the week and all that good shit. This may not be the podcast for you, but for those of you who uh, just kind of want to hear like a success story or kind of interested on how I became who I am and where I'm at and all that, um, stick around. You may you may learn a thing or two and, and you may actually find yourself enjoying this. The reason why it gave me the kick in the ass to do this video is because Chris Jericho, for those of you uh, hardcore wrestling fans, you, you definitely know the name Chris Jericho. Not that I'm comparing myself to him, because trust me, I know I'm not a pimple on the ass of Chris Jericho. He made a video uh, about a week ago uh, just telling his journey from how he left the WWE to now signing with AEW, sprinkle in some New Japan Pro Wrestling in there. So um, I I was hooked from start to finish. It was like an hour-long podcast. He was all by himself, and I I was hooked. So he gave me the motivation, actually, to do this podcast. So Chris Jericho, I know you listen to the Glorious House of Games podcast. I just want to give you a shout out and say thank you for uh, for giving me the courage to make this video, even though I really don't know what I'm doing. But the Pody kind of hooked me up with a little setup, a one-man setup, and he told me what to do. Now we'll see if I can remember. But anyway, today is the two-year anniversary since I resigned from my job uh, and decided, like I said, to be Robert Frank 615 full time, uh, which was quite frankly, a gutsy move. It was a ballsy move. I left the job that I was making between selling insurance and doing personal training. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I was a personal trainer for about 15 years. Um, doing in-house personal training. I used to work in gyms in the very beginning just to kind of get my feet wet. But then when I got more experience and I kind of, you know, learned the ropes a little bit, I went to strictly in-home personal training. So then uh, all the money was mine. And I had very wealthy clients who had their own gym setups and had dumbbells that went from five pounds to 85 pounds in their house, Smith machines, cables, uh, preacher curl machines, whatever they they had. It was a, it was a really good setup for me. And it was a lot of money uh, for me as well. So, yes, personal training and insurance. I was a lot of you guys don't know this, but I was one of the top selling agents for an insurance company named Aetna. I sold for many insurance companies because I worked for a uh, what's called a master broker. So they're licensed with all the different A-rated insurance companies. Not to get too boring, but I was one of the top 100 selling agents for the insurance company Aetna. And that's not just in New Jersey. That was all across the country. So I left a job that I was really good at. Um, and it, it, you know, it, it, it took a lot to do that. But I want to tell you guys the story leading up to that and uh, all the events that happened in the middle. 
and then, uh, you know, kind of tell you where I'm at now and, and what's going on. So as you guys know, we have a podcast now, the Glorious House of Gains podcast, which is giving me the platform to um, to bring you this this uh podcast, I'll say. I wanted to say video, but this is not a video. I'm not doing the live stream on YouTube. And uh, I want to thank everybody that has subscribed. Uh, A lot of you guys are subscribed on multiple platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. We're on every single podcast platform known to man. And I want to say thank you guys because this right here is my passion now. I mean, the videos, I'm still going to make videos. I'm still going to you know, do uh, all the shit on Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. But this podcast really is what I look forward to every week. So I thank you guys for uh, checking us out and uh, telling your friends and subscribing and all that good shit. So I started making videos for Instagram back in, I want to say when they first started the 15 second platform uh, and Vine started to like slowly die out. I missed the whole Vine stage, but I did uh, Instagram when it first started. And I would put out a video every single day for about a year and a half. And my creative was just off the hook. Like I, I, I don't know how I did it, but I just did it. Every day was a new video. Not two, three times a week. Every fucking day was a new video. Some were better than others. Some were cheesy. Some were good. But... Somewhere around 2014, 2015, I would say, is when I had my first really, like, I would consider viral video. Now, people consider viral different numbers. Some people say if you're getting more views than you have followers, that's a viral video. Some people look at the one million mark. If, if a video has a million views, that's a viral video. Some people say if a video has 10 million views, then it's a viral video. The first video that I ever had 1 million views on was a video called Late for CrossFit. And back in the day, I when I first started making little skits, I was like a gym troll. I would troll CrossFit. I would troll Planet Fitness. I would troll all like the uh, fitness fads. If you go back on my Instagram, I really don't delete any of my old shit at all. So if you want to go all the way back to the beginning and see like the videos that I used to do, uh, they were all trolling videos, and the reason I did that is because they were getting the best reaction. I don't even know, to be honest with you, I don't even know if CrossFit still exists, if people still do it or not, but back in 2014, 2015-ish, it was like the hot new fad, and um, me making fun of it obviously drew in some haters, it drew in some uh, fans, it drew in some, you know, it drew in a lot of attention. And the first video that hit a million, again, was late for CrossFit. So uh, before I get too much into the videos, uh, and I have no notes in front of me, guys. I'm just shooting straight from the hip here. So if I'm kind of like all over the place, I really apologize. But I did want to say, bring you back to my work history a little bit. I know I, I said that I worked in insurance and everything like that. Prior to doing insurance, I worked for a union. I was a local 863 Teamster for 15 or 16 years, I believe. I started right out of high school and worked my way up to uh, uh, driving a forklift. I know that sounds weird. Oh, wow, man, you worked your way up to driving a forklift. Good for you. Uh, But at the time when I was in my mid-20s, late-20s, I was making like $60,000, $70,000 a year when all my friends had all this college debt and they were, you know, finding entry-level jobs for like $30,000 a year. I'm over here making more than double what they were making and, um, you know, driving a forklift. So it's, you know, 
you don't have to fucking uh, be a professional uh, uh, whatever to be able to make a, a living. I was doing very well. The problem is in 2011, the warehouse uh, shut down. Uh, the union was... Uh, uh, our contract was up and the union was not able to renew with the company that we were working for. And Robert Frank was out of a job. So between that and my personal training, I was making well over a hundred thousand dollars a year. So I went from making a hundred thousand dollars a year. I still had my personal training that I was doing, but I was on unemployment. So I was still doing okay. And then when the unemployment ran out, I started working for a gym. Uh, I was a general manager of a gym in North Brunswick called Diesel Gym, Diesel Fitness at the time. And, um, you know, it was doing okay there. But one of the clients that I was training owned an insurance company. And he knew that I was kind of struggling. And, you know, struggling meaning like making $50,000 a year. And people can live off of $50,000 a year if you're single. But when you're used to making six figures and then you go down and you're really cutting your spending and all this and that, he said, listen, I was training him at the time for probably 10 years or so. And he was like, listen, why don't you come take an entry level job with us, learn the insurance world. So I did that. And again, not to repeat myself, but I got you know pretty good at the fucking job. And uh, I was there until February 1st, 2017. So back to the videos. I the first viral video, like I said, was probably somewhere around 2015-ish, and that was late for CrossFit. And then, you know, you have a couple videos that do kind of well, nothing that ever hit a million views or anything like that. Then comes a video called Pokemon Go Fuck Yourself. And that video is responsible for probably a lot of you guys following me because that video, as of last count, I think it has like 60 million plus views all over the internet. I mean, it was picked up by every single big multimedia platform. Um, Pokemon Go Fuck Yourself is the video that turned the whole Robert Frank thing from zero to hero. It was the first rage video, and I call them rage videos, the ones where I'm in my car with the bandana screaming and cutting wrestling promos. It was the first video that I did and posted on Instagram. I was doing that character for my YouTube channel, maybe four or five videos um, leading up to the one that was Pokemon Go Fuck Yourself. So the character wasn't new. It's just a new platform that I posted on. And I guess I got really lucky because the video went absolutely fucking batshit crazy. Before that, um, and let's keep that video in mind. That was July of 2016 when Pokemon Go Fuck Yourself came out. A couple months earlier, on Memorial Day, this is before, you know, the, the videos really started going crazy. On Memorial Day, so about two months earlier, I made a video um, and I posted it to my Instagram where I recorded a guy in a gym. I was at a Snap Fitness. I forget which one I was at, but it was a 24-hour gym. It wasn't staffed. It was me and this other guy in the gym. And this guy was doing the most ridiculous like exercise ever. So back then, remember, still a troll, still making fun of people, still just being an asshole. I recorded this guy and I did not show his face. I was very conscious not to show his face, but I recorded this guy doing these weird ass fucking like bicep curls where he was almost like it was he was on a cable machine and he was doing like a, a squat 
curl, but it was like so out of sync. And the guy was, you know, out of shape. He, he didn't really know what he was doing. So instead of being like, and I would never do this anyway, but instead of going up to someone and saying, hey, man, you should really try it this way because I hate motherfuckers that try, you know, unless someone's going to kill themselves, I, I will never chime in and say, hey, you're doing this wrong because, again, it's none of my business. But I recorded this guy, put him on my Instagram. This was on Memorial Day of 2016. That was a Monday. That Thursday, I believe, so like three days later, and mind you, on Instagram at the time, I had about maybe 10, 11,000 followers. I had maybe two, 3,000 followers on Facebook. I, I had no following. I think I, I may have had close to 10,000 on YouTube subscribers. So it wasn't a huge, huge audience, but it, I mean, it was maybe 25,000 combined between all the platforms. Not a, not a massive audience. I leave for lunch one day selling insurance. I come back and there's a note on my desk that says, Robert, uh, from HR, by the way, Robert, I need to see you as soon as you get back from lunch. So I go see HR. She tells me to close the door. I sit down. She goes, I had a very interesting conversation with this gentleman um, who came in and said that you filmed him at a gym. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, when the fuck did I film anybody? But anyway, she said it was on Memorial Day. Um, he has the video. He showed me the video and he demanded that you be terminated. He's going to press charges against the company. Um, you know, this, that, all this like threatening shit, right? So she explained to him, she said, listen, sir, I will talk to Robert. I will ask him to remove the video. The guy was like so embarrassed and his kids saw it and all this and that. So she said, I will talk to Robert. But really what Robert does on his own time is not, you know, our like business. Like he could do whatever he wants. Like I'll definitely talk to him and say, listen, I'll ask him to take the video down. But really, we can't fire him or anything like that for what he does, you know outside of work. So the guy said, okay, you know, if he takes the video down, uh, you know, all is forgiven, everything like that. So I didn't want to stir the pot. Soon as she told me that I said, I'll take the video down right now. Boom, remove the video. So, you know, it was a laughing joke around the warehouse that somebody, I mean, not the warehouse, the insurance company that some motherfucker walked in and he didn't even have the balls to do it while I was there. He told the HR lady that he waited until I left to go to lunch, to go in because he didn't want any confrontation with me um, because he was afraid that I was going to fucking kill him or something. But uh, anyways, so everybody thought it was funny. Oh my God, motherfuckers coming to the job now. And you know, whatever. Fast forward now to Pokemon Go fuck yourself. Pokemon Go came out. The video went crazy. I posted it on a Monday night. By Wednesday, it had over a million views on my Facebook page that only had about two or 3,000 followers, which is absurd. That's, that's crazy uh, to get those kind of numbers. Instagram was doing well. Um, the reason the video did so well is because somebody, some hardcore Pokemon Go player, posted the video on a private chat room or forum on Facebook that had millions and millions of, of followers. And 
they were all attacking me. Most of my videos would get like 90% like positivity, like, you know, great video. I love you. Know, I love you. You're such a legend. You're the fucking goat, blah, blah, blah. This video, I was getting death threats. I was getting everything because these were coming from hardcore Pokemon Go players, right? So I'm over here telling these people that they don't even fucking live. They should go to the gym, catching Pokemon. What are we, 12 years old? You know, all this shit. So, um, yeah, that video came out. All the feedback came back. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a fucking hater video. So I took some of the best comments that I found, people DMing me, threatening my life, telling me they want to fucking, they're, they're going to bang my mom. They're, they're going to do all these horrible things to me, right? So I took the best screenshots that I found, went to their Facebook pages, found a picture of themselves, and you know, cropped the picture with the comment. And on a Sunday, mind you, on a Sunday when the office was closed, um, being such a good uh, uh, salesman for the company, I had a key to the office. So I could go in whenever I want. If I wanted to go in at 8 o'clock at night and make cold calls on a Sunday, I could do that. So I went to the office because I had the access of using the office computer and using my cell phone to record and making this video, kind of like a, a two-monitor type thing where I could showcase the person's comment and showcase what they look like and also have my face in the cut as well. So I did a, hate, a response video. Mind you, these were all people that were reaching out to me, telling me they were going to do all these awful things to me. I'm just responding back. So I made that video, posted it up on my YouTube channel, and in a couple days later, here it comes. I get now this is two, this is in the the end of July. I get a call from HR again. Robert, need to see you. I'm like, oh shit, what the fuck did I do now? So I sit in HR, and she goes, uh, "We had another complaint about your social media, uh, you know, uh, shenanigans that you're doing." And she said that someone took a screenshot or, or copied the video from my YouTube channel and sent it to the Facebook page of the insurance company that I worked at, posted it on their main page and said, is this what you let your employees do uh, on, on work hours? You let them uh, belittle others and make fun of them. Meanwhile, remember, these are people telling me they're going to fucking kill me and shit. You, this is what you're going, this is how you run your business, uh, you guys should be ashamed of yourselves, blah, 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 all this and that. So, um, again, sitting in the office, I go, okay, I'll take down the video. So now this is the second um, occurrence that happened where my social media lifestyle uh, has interfered with my main job. How they knew where I worked, I have no idea. But, you know, people could find out anything on the internet. Keep in mind, while that video was just absolutely making, it, it was like every refresh, every single refresh were thousands and thousands of new views. It was bananas and it didn't stop. It was like two weeks long of just nonstop, like, holy shit, I can't believe this is happening. It was like viral to the 10th power. I've only had one other video that has gone that crazy. Actually, two. Tide Pod Challenge and the Kiki Challenge, the Kiki Do You Love Me video. 
Those two are the only two that can compare to what was happening with that Pokemon Go video. While all that was going on, before I got called into HR, I was being reached out by uh, people were reaching out to me from everywhere. Uh, Rob, I think his name is Deerdick from Ridiculousness, that MTV show, wanted me to come on to be an in guest. Um, hang on one second. I hope I didn't lose this. I just got my uh, the MacBook. This is the problem with me doing this by myself. Is I don't know what I'm doing, and I think I may have just lost this feed. But let's hope that that's not the case. Nope, we're still running. Okay, and I can't edit that out because I don't know what I'm doing. But anyway, Rob Deirdrick from Ridiculousness wanted me as an in guest studio. Uh, Z100, which is a very popular uh, New York radio station, wanted me to come on the morning show. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin had a reality show called called Stone Cold's Rattlesnake Rancher, something like that. Rattlesnake Challenge, something like that, wanted me on the show. And these are just three that I could think of off the top of my head. My email was blowing up with opportunities. And guess what? I was having the shittiest, mo- shittiest month of July, insurance-wise, selling-wise, that I couldn't afford... To like, I put the job in front of the social media thing. Um, I was like, I, you know, the the quota was like twelve sales a month or something like that is what you had to hit, and I had like ten at the time, and it was the end of the month, and I was like, yeah, I would love to come on ridiculousness, but I'm fucking selling insurance here, and you know, I'm having a shitty month. I'm having a down month. I really can't. Uh, leave the office for any amount of period of time because, you know, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get yelled at or written up or anything like that. So, uh, yeah, moral of the story, I blew off a ton of opportunities that I probably, hindsight 2020, I absolutely should have fucking taken. Um, and I I commend every single Instagrammer, Facebooker, YouTuber, um, regardless of your talent level, if you get hot, with a video or your personality or your character, or whatever you're doing, take advantage of every fucking opportunity you get. I know like the big thing now on, on social media are the fucking neck people, the, the long neck, fat neck, dick neck, whatever neck motherfuckers, right? And these are people that obviously have some kind of condition or something wrong with them. Um, and they're living the fucking dream right now because, uh, you know, they're, they're a little flash in the pan type thing because let's be honest, they really don't have much talent. Um, they're being steered in the right direction by, by people and they're taking advantage of every single opportunity that they're, that they're getting right now. And I, uh, I commend them. I, a uh, round of applause to them for having the, the balls to do that. I didn't at the time, which I kick myself every single day now because back in 2016, if I was on ridiculousness, who knows what that would have uh, turned out to or led to or anything like that. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, if you have the opportunity to do something big, fucking do it. So I get called in then to the big boss's office. The guy that I was training for the pet, you know, he was the the owner of the insurance company. I had like a special relationship, um, not a special relationship, but I was like treated, I feel like a little bit different than others just because I feel like he, he 
treated me or looked at me kind of like as like a third son or something, because he had two sons already, but like looked at me as like a third son and like always had my back, gave me great advice um, all throughout the year, you know, helped me out of some jams here and there throughout the years. And um, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry, I wish I could uh, crop that cough out, but I don't, again, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, had a sit down with him, HR, and myself. And he basically explained to me, he said, listen, he goes, this is the second time now that, you know, your social media life has interfered with the job. This guy that came looking for you at the job, he was, you know, pretty cordial and pretty, you know, he was hot, he was angry, but he was respectful and he didn't do anything crazy. What if a motherfucker comes in here with a fucking machete or a machine gun looking for you and blows up fucking the office? You know, then what are we going to do? So he basically, long story short, gave me an ultimatum and said, uh, you either stop these fucking videos or, you know, next occurrence. I don't care what it is. He told me, he said, I don't care. I remember this like it was fucking yesterday. He goes, I don't care if someone calls up the main, you know, the front off the front desk and says, is Robert Frank there? You're fired. Doesn't, doesn't matter. It don't, I said, so let me ask you something. If someone calls up and says, Hey, um, I really love Robert Frank's videos. Thank you for employing him and giving him a, a living. I'm fired. He goes, yep. So I said, wow. Okay. So I was obviously like, I, I, w- I was feeling some type of way. Cause here I am knocking out videos for, you know, about two years, two and a half years or so. Never really had a banger other than that one, you know, late for CrossFit video. I've had never any anything like this at all. I'm sitting in my car like, what the fuck am I going to do? So I'm like, oh, well, anyway, let's see how the Facebook views are going. I refreshed like 2 million more vi- more views since like lunchtime when I refreshed the last time. The video was still going absolutely crazy. I noticed a comment because the guy had a blue check mark next to his name. I noticed a comment from a guy by the name of Emery King. And Emery King, for those of you who don't know, he's a very popular Facebooker. He's got a couple million followers. Uh, he's a comedian. You know, he does uh, uh, a really uh, comedy. I mean, I guess comedy is, is, is what he does. But he left a comment saying something along the lines of, you know, chill out on the steroids, bro, or something like that. That was the comment that he left on the Pokemon Go Fuck Yourself video. I, it was the first time anyone that had a fucking blue check ever commented on anything of mine. So I fucking DM'd him and I go, hey, bro, like, I know you're, you're busting my balls and you're making fun of me, but holy shit, like, I can't believe you commented. Like, I, I was like starstruck. I had no idea who the fuck he was, but just because he had a blue check there and I was like, holy shit, like, I can't believe this is happening. He wrote back, he goes, hey, just busting your balls, congrats on the video, it's hilarious, and you know, keep killing it. So after I had that meeting where the boss in HR said, next occurrence, you're fucking gone, um, I reached back out to him, and I said, hey, I just got hit with an ultimatum to stop making videos, I just had my first like really viral video, I'm like on such a high right now. And I just fucking completely crashed because I don't know what to do. He said, what's your number? So I gave him my number. Two seconds later, my phone's ringing. 
I talked to a Mary King, mind you, had no idea who he was. I just knew that he was someone important because he was verified on Facebook. He told me in a 10-minute conversation basically how much money can be made doing social media full-time, if you're good at it, if you're successful. Told me to march into my boss's office first thing tomorrow morning, whip my dick out, and tell him to suck it. Now, obviously, I couldn't do that because I, I you know, I, I had a, a, fit, a ten-year at the time, ten or fifteen-year relationship with the owner of the company, where I was his in-home personal trainer. I was, you know, basically looked at as like a third son. I was, uh, you know, just whatever. I was, I, I was like almost part of the family. So I couldn't do that. I was never going to do that anyway. But that was the advice that I got, and that's all I needed to hear. Did I slow down on the videos? Absolutely not. Did I kind of? watch what I posted and make sure I didn't do anything super, super controversial where I wouldn't get another phone call to the front desk or anything. Yeah, maybe for the first week or so. But after that, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Come November now, I was making these rage videos. We were, every single video was getting hundreds of thousands of views. The follower count was starting to like really tack on now. Uh, Dan Bolzerian shared one of my videos, Mannequin Challenge. Um, The Rock, uh, Dwayne Johnson, started following me on Instagram. Um, The Kardashians were watching my stories. Every single Kardashian except for uh, Courtney, I believe. Chloe, Kim, and the two young ones watched my stories because back then you could see like who you could still see who watches your stories on Instagram. But back then you used to see the blue check mark next to their names. Now I think they took that away. But people, uh, Steph, Stefan, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Stefan Curry was watching my stories. Um, Tom Brady's wife was watching my stories. It was unfucking believable what was going on. I, I was so hot. Every video was doing very, very well. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of views. Jason Huge Huh, CEO, founder of Steel Supplements, reached out to me in November. I was still working at the time, still doing insurance. He reached out to me in November, and he's like, hey, bro, uh, you ever think about working for a uh, supplement company, like being an ambassador or brand uh, rep? And I said, yeah, you know, I kind of have a relationship right now on a handshake deal with uh, this other supplement company right now. But, you know, I really don't fucking push their shit or anything like that. I talk about it once at a blue moon. And, um, you know, I'm not under contract or anything like that. He goes, well, I'm going to send you a package. I'm going to send you one of everything that we have on the line. I want you to check it out. Try this stuff. If you like it, you believe in our product, you believe in what we do, um, you know, get back to me. And uh, I definitely want to work something out with you. So... Really long story short, we started working together. That was in uh, November of 2016. Still working, still selling insurance. My first check with Steel, um, not to get into specifics, my first check with Steel was more money than I made in two months working at insurance. At the same time, I started my merchandise line. I had three shirts available. I had the emoji shirt. I had international chest day and I had trembolone sandwich. I had three t-shirts available on robertfrank615.com back then. And the first month that I did that I, I did the merch, I had a five figure month in, in terms of, of sales, not profit obviously, but sales. So between what I got from steel and from what I got from my own merch was 
more than six months what I was making selling insurance. I was like, holy shit. So that really relaxed me. Like, I was like, all right, like, okay, if, if they fucking tell me to go fuck myself and they're going to fire me, okay, I have this to fall back on at least. So December came. Obviously, December's a very hot month with, uh, you know, uh, not so much with supplements, but merchandise. People want Christmas presents. People are looking for, you know, what to get their girlfriends, boyfriends, brothers, sisters, husbands, wives, all that. So had another killer fucking December with the, uh, the merchandise. January rolls around. Nothing is slowing down. January, now the supplements really start picking up because, you know, people are New Year's resolutions. People need new pre-workout. They want to try this. They want to try that. And February 1st comes around. And right before that, I was told, now in the office setting, you have to wear, not a suit, but you, while you were at your desk, you had to wear a shirt and tie. Robert Frank hates fucking ties. Hate them with a passion. So I would hold off until the last possible second that I had to put the tie on. If I saw the owner of the company like walk in, I'd fucking put my tie on real quick. Or, you know, I would always walk around with my tie in my hand. So if anyone said something to me like, hey, you got to put your tie on. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to the bathroom right now. Like, I, I have my tie. So that was like the strategy that I would have. But what happened was, Earlier the, uh, of the morning of February 1st, um, I was at my desk. I was trying to make a sale, and HR comes and stands in my cube. Now, I don't have my tie on. HR, and like, I'm trying to fucking close up this sale. So imagine me sitting in a cubicle with my headset on, on the phone, trying to fucking close, and the HR lady was standing in my cube, which it was a tiny fucking cube. She's standing in my cube with her arms folded and just staring at me as I'm trying to make the sale. So every once in a while, I like glance up at her and I give her like the, yeah, one second, like I'm on the phone, dude, what the fuck? And she's just standing there. The minute I get off the phone, it it, it got to the point where I was so uncomfortable that I told the guy or the woman, I forget who I was talking to. I was like, listen, I'm going to call you back. So hang up the phone. I say, yeah, like, what the fuck do you want? And she's like, you have to put your tie on. So she was standing in my cube for at least five minutes, which felt like five hours. I said, okay, I'll put my tie on. So I'm sitting there, and I'm so fucking hot. I, I peek up. I see my, my direct manager, Anthony. I, I peek right over the cube. He sits right behind me, and I'm like, Ant, I think today's the day. He knew the the writing was on the wall that, you know, my social media career was really starting to take off. Um, He knew, you know, he's a very good friend of mine. He was actually at my wedding a couple months ago, still one of my best friends. Um, He told me like he knew the writing was on the wall. Eventually, this was going to take over. He goes, bro, do what you got to do, man. And I was like, all right. So I walk into HR and I say, um, I need to talk to you. And she goes, not before you put your tie on. I said, yeah, well, that's what I want to talk to you about. I quit. And like her jaw dropped, like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah, um, listen, uh, this social media thing is like really consuming all my time and energy. And I'm just really not into doing this insurance thing anymore. And, uh, you know, I'm done. So I want to put in my two weeks. So she goes, okay. And I knew how the insurance world works. Anytime you put in your two weeks, they just walk you out right then and there. They pay you for the two weeks, but they just walk you out because it's, you know, it's, uh, you have access to people's social security numbers and, and, uh, banking information and shit like that. They don't want you to 
go collecting a whole bunch of fucking numbers and leave the company. So they walk you out right then and there and you're chaperoned from the minute you put in your fucking notice to the time that, that you walk out the door. So she goes, okay. She goes, well, let's walk into, uh, um, you know, blah, blah, blah's office to, to let him know, which was the head of my department. So I walked in. He was very happy for me. He was like, listen, man, like I knew this day was coming. Like I know your heart really wasn't into this insurance thing anymore, but congratulations. Bob. Now, this is not the owner of the company. This is the owner's son who still to this day, every couple of months I, I hear from him, he, he'll hit me up with a text message or something. So he still reaches out and tries to keep up with me. But the rest of, of that family who I was so close with for God fucking 15 years, Nobody fucking talks to me. Not even a, a phone call to say like, hello, how you doing? Um, you know, uh, you know, I'm really proud of you or well, whatever. Like, and I don't need that. But you would think for someone that was so close uh, for so long that they would do that. And um, yeah, I'm just waiting for the day. Two years has gone by today and, and I still haven't bumped into them at all. Uh, not at a bar, not at a grocery store, not anywhere. Um, but I can't wait for the day that you know, I run into him and, and he comes up and tries to shake my hand because at that point I will pull my dick out and I will have him shake my dick. So anyways, uh, that was my story. So then I said, all right, fuck it. I'm doing social media now full time. The next day, uh, you know, I told Marissa, I told MBJ what happened and she was obviously happy for me. She was scared at the same time. So was I, this is the first time that I'm like, trying to do something on my own. And, uh, you know, we were again, giving up a salary that was well into the six figures. Um, I thought that I was still going to be able to keep the personal training going. And the day that we were supposed to have our sessions, he calls me up and he says, yeah, uh, we're going to stop the training too. So I'm like, Oh shit, I really got to make this fucking thing work now because I'm losing a couple hundred bucks a a week just from uh, not getting the personal training money now. So I was like, okay, this has really got to fucking work out. But luckily, thank goodness, two years later, uh, we have four or five different revenue streams coming um, coming in. Not, you know, not to talk too much about that, but we're trying to increase the revenue streams. We have some projects in 2019 that we want to get off the ground. Um, I still, again, am going to make the videos. I'm still going to do the the, the skits and everything like that, because I, I do have fun doing them while I'm doing them. I just, I don't have the same exact passion for it that I did, uh, you know, two years ago, but this podcast again has saved my life. And I want to thank all of you guys for subscribing. And right now the podcast isn't bringing in a crazy amount of money. We have one or two sponsors that, you know, help pay the bills. When we do the live stream on YouTube, we get the super chat donations that come in, which which is always nice. But in terms of making money, the podcast really isn't, uh, you know, giving us any sort of massive income right now. But I know in time uh, that will change, and I really just look forward to sitting around the roundtable of testosterone with the bros and talking shit every single week. So we're almost at forty minutes now. I just wanted to tell you guys that story. And today's the two-year anniversary that I've been doing this, and um, we've had a really two good years, and uh, you know, we're, I've been all around the fucking world. I've been to UK. I've been, well, not around the world, but I've been to UK. 
I've been to LA a few times. I've been to Vegas a few times. I've been to Florida a few times. Places where I never would have went to before. Um, Steel Supplements supposedly is sending me to like five or six different states in 2019 uh, to make appearances and shit. We're going to be doing, as far as I know, we're doing Body Power in the UK, which is their biggest supplement expo. So all my UK bros and broettes that that are out there, I'm looking forward to meeting you guys. We may or may not be doing the Arnold. It's not looking that great, but we may still try to come up with a game plan to get out there for at least a few hours. Uh, in just a couple of weeks. And um, again, I just want to say thank you for everybody, man. And and the moral of this story really is if if you have a fucking dream and you have an opportunity and you have a platform, fucking run with it. Don't let anybody, I know a lot of people out there want to do other things. They punch a clock every single day. They're like, I hate my fucking job. Or even if they don't hate it, they're just like, oh man, it's fucking, I wish I could be doing something else. You only fucking live once. Do something else. Um, you know, uh, chase your fucking dreams, guys. That's all I really got to say. 40 minutes in. I hope I can upload this. I hope this... I really want to hear some feedback from you guys. Leave me some DMs. Leave me some messages, like however you can get in contact with me. And just let me know how you felt about this podcast. I know it's not the most entertaining. It's not the coolest. It's not anything like that. But... Um, it was a story that I really wanted to tell, and I am uh, I'm happy that I got to do it. So, Glorious House of Gains podcast, episode 44. I'm signing out.